Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Abit Kahl and I talk about how you can start, run and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called Jargon and Community. Let's get started. So I've been thinking a lot about the understood meaning of terms in quickly evolving industries this week. I even chose to make a major pivot because of this in renaming the book that I'm currently writing. And I'll get to this in a minute. But first, let's take a little detour into the world of opera. So operatic singing is a long-established industry with its own traditions and vocabulary. Earlier this week, I was chatting with Danielle, my partner in life and business, who herself is a trained opera singer. So she was telling me of two interesting terms that had a unique meaning among professional musicians, passaggio and appoggio, both Italian words meaning literally passage and support, but having very specific meanings for musicians. The former, passaggio, describes the musical journey from one note to another and the voice modulations involved at each step, while the latter, appoggio, is an expression of the relationship between breath, voice, and posture, physically supporting a voice. As a musical novice, I can play the accordion, but that's kind of it, This is the best I understood and can define these terms, yet they still somewhat elude me. An opera singer, however, will completely understand them. Passaggio and Appoggio have been around for hundreds of years, and they were taught to eager students by masters with decades of experience over and over again. If you sing opera, those terms have a precise meaning to you, and if you mention them to others, your peers will understand exactly what you're referring to. Now let's take a look at a much younger industry, the digital entrepreneurial space that we're in. Concepts like market, customer, and audience, they seem to be experiencing fluctuations of definitions almost on a daily basis. Besides the textbook definitions that are taught at MBA programs, many founders define these terms just for themselves, like I do often. If you ask two internet entrepreneurs about what they understand the term market to mean, you'll very likely get similar yet distinct definitions. While there's an established tradition of conducting business, the terms used right now feel much more in flux than in other fields. And I find this somewhat disturbing. Conflicting definitions arise, and that just makes it hard to talk about the same things even among people in the same industry. Just over the last year or so, I distinctly recall how hard it was for Justin Jackson to convey the meaning of the word demand to his followers. And the term bootstrapping has been taking a popularity hit ever since Heaton Shah replaced it or started replacing it with the term self-funded. And these are fairly common terms, right? Every day we are setting the stage for competing definitions to either find approval or discussion or dismissal. And in one way, that's great that we're becoming part of the history of our industry by making our definitions better and more accessible. But the problem is that often this happens mid-conversation. I ran into this issue a few times over the last month as I was writing my book that I initially titled Audience First. Whenever I mentioned that particular phrase, people either understood it to mean audience building, which means like building an audience and then selling people something, being audience-focused, which is putting your audience first, or they were just plainly confused about the term. And I tried sharing my explanation of what I understood the term to mean, which caused a similar level of confusion. 
And it turns out that many founders have a pre-existing notion of this phrase. To them, it means build a following, then sell them something. Mostly. For most founders, not all of them, but for some. And I don't think it's wrong. It's definitely part of what I understand it to be. It's quite a limited perspective on it. To me, the audience-first approach to business starts long before you build an audience. Right? It starts with putting the audience at the center of every decision you make, from whom you serve to which project and product you eventually create. But apparently, that is not the majority definition. And the interesting part here is how young this more common definition is. Google Trends only registers any increased interest in the phrase audience first in mid-2015. And the first articles about it, meaning audience building, appeared around 2017. Just not even four years ago. Yet people get quite defensive about this terminology and to a point where it feels almost disrespectful to try and engage them and change their minds. Which is why I took some time to reflect on how much of my definition was really just wishful thinking. And I found that I had hoped that people would quickly see and appreciate the expansion of the term from something very strict to something more inclusive. And even though a few voices on Twitter don't really represent the whole community, the people who voiced their concern and their insights, that just gave me pause. And what I found particularly instructive was that people were actually looking for a term to describe what I wanted. Audience first to initially mean, right? It just was not audience first. It was something else. And since I love my community, for all the learning opportunities they provide for me on a daily basis, I chose to lean in and find a better term with them. I posted a poll on Twitter with a few alternatives and found many very helpful people both vote and share their reasons why they voted as a reply. And from the looks of it, um, it's still kind of inconclusive, but audience-driven and audience-focused are the terms that both describe what I mean and resonate with my Twitter followers most. And these people are themselves my audience, right? So an audience-first definition of audience-first that eventually resulted in audience-driven, if you will. All right, then. That very quickly made me realize that I needed to change the name of my book, right? No more audience-first, if that's such a weirdly perceived term. Good thing I just finished the first 53,000 word draft after a month-long writing marathon. Because with the contents of the book fresh in my mind, I could now look for a better and even more descriptive title. In fact, I initially picked audience first because that's what I wanted to write about. But while I wrote, I found the act of embedding yourself into communities and audiences much more interesting. And that's why the current title for my newest and latest book is the Embedded Entrepreneur Building an Audience-Driven Business. And it's still a work in progress, but getting much closer to what the book is actually about. At this point, I'm considering dropping the audience, wording for community, or at least putting it in there, but I'm not quite there yet. So that's also a work in progress. And in a way, I'm glad we're still discussing the terms and phrases that we use in our still kind of nascent industry, right? compared to opera, which has been around for hundreds of years, for centuries, it gave me the opportunity to reflect on a choice that I made a year ago and to update the parameters of the choice with new information, resulting in a different outcome this time. I am glad to be part of a community that is both so ruthlessly honest and supportive. I hope that sharing my thoughts with you gives you some insights into my approach to community interaction and how we collectively define the things we talk about. It certainly was quite an interesting passaggio for me, and I'm grateful 
for all the appoggio I received along the way. And if you're an opera singer, please do not yell at me for this lame joke. Okay, let's um, get to something else. A listener sent in a question this week. Here's Steven. Hey, Ovid, I'm a big fan of the show, and I look forward to new episodes being released every week. So thank you for all that you do. Um, I'm currently 20 years old, and I work as a software engineer at a productivity software company. And I know that I eventually want to build my own bootstrapped company, but due to my lack of lack of experience in the professional world, I'm having trouble finding problems that I can solve with software. Uh, I have a passion for the entertainment industry, so I've considered spending a year studying the inner workings of it in order to find ideas, but I'm not sure how to go about that, or even if that's a good way to spend my time. If you were me, how would you approach looking for ideas or studying an industry that I'm passionate about but I have zero experience in said industry. Thank you ahead of time. Bye. Thanks, Stephen, for this question. When I was your age, I was studying computer science because I thought this was what I will be doing as a career forever. A few years later, I dropped out of those studies and I went to another university for a degree in philosophy and political science. I ended up dropping out of that one too because I got a great job offer from a Silicon Valley company all of a sudden because of the work that I had done on GitHub. It was very a convoluted path, let me just say that. So what I'm trying to say here is that I didn't have much intention at that point, like you seem to have. What I had, however, was the discipline to see opportunities through far enough to get the most out of them. And what I learned is that everything I did, no matter if it looked promising or distracting, had a major impact on where I ended up. Over the last month, I wrote my second book. And the core of this book, as I said earlier, is the embedded entrepreneur. And that concept of the embedded entrepreneur came to me because I remembered something from my studies in sociology back when I went to university for the second time. Right? If you study political science, sociology is always part of this. And there we learned about the ethnographic method, which is a way of doing research about a group, about an industry, about something from within. You embed yourself into this community. So having this concept readily available in my mind made it extremely easy to warn about pitfalls and present opportunities in the context of observing communities for entrepreneurial purposes in my book, right? But of course, back then, and it must have been 2007, I was not aware of that. I was going to be a political scientist or a philosopher, after I found that computer science was not my thing. But it turns out neither was my thing and building businesses is. So we can only ever connect the dots while we are looking back. Looking forward, it's all just opportunity. And that also means that your interest in the entertainment industry will quite likely only be a part of your journey. And that's a good thing. The concepts you learn here in that industry will either give you the opportunity to work in this industry for a long time if you choose, or you will be able to use these learnings and transfer them to another industry, which is where most businesses start to appear, right? When you have knowledge transfer and you help a community that hasn't been helped in a certain way by helping them in the way that another community considers normal. But nothing will be lost if you do this right now. And you're already very much attracted to the field. So I would consider this an absolutely positive and irreversible benefit to your long-term experience. Now, getting into the industry is going to be an interesting challenge. 
you can go the classic route and hunt for an entry-level job, either directly at an entertainment industry company or maybe in your case, a software business that caters to that industry. I was a consultant a couple of years ago for a software business that catered to the translation industry, like people who are translating texts from yeah, one language to, to another languages, which is used for like manuals and websites and all that stuff. And it was just interesting working in a software business that built a management system for this particular industry. I wasn't part of the translation industry, but I learned so much about what translators need and how their business workflows actually happen just from working kind of for the people who made their tools. So that is that is an interesting approach as well. And yeah, look for job posts, send out resumes, emails, you know, the traditional way. But there is another way and one that has more compounding effects over time that benefit you. And this is a nod to the ethnographic method that I was talking about just now. Whatever niche in the entertainment industry you prefer most, be it movies or music or performing arts or any other, there will be communities where the professionals hang out. Join them. Embed yourself into these communities. Join their groups. Follow their thought and conversation leaders on Twitter, on LinkedIn, wherever they are. You have to find out where they are first, obviously, and start engaging. Learn in public. Ask questions. Build connections with people by having conversations with them. And then share what you learn back to the community. By being part of this community, you will both learn a lot about the industry, which is already important for you if you want to spot opportunities. And you will see these opportunities and how critical they are. Now, the purpose of that method that I'm currently describing is actually to find business opportunities for your own bootstrap business. But for you in particular, I would recommend using this to just find the way into the industry, to look for employment opportunities, find a job, a part-time position, or an opportunity to do freelance work. I would caution you against immediately going for building a business. In my personal experience, having worked for other people for a while, gave me some insight into the complexity of business and Everything in general that is related to running an actual company, being part of it and not having to do it, but see, seeing other people doing this, right? It also showed me even more why I wanted to eventually stop working for somebody else and start working for myself. But you have lots of time. Consider this to be a learning first part of your journey and spend an hour or two every day just learning from the communities that you'll be joining and engaging with the people in there and build, building relationships with them. This will set you up for a lot of opportunities down the road, and you'll already have connections because people know your name. I hope this gives you a few ideas, and best of luck. Thank you, Stephen. And that's the show. Thank you for listening to the Bootser Founder Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Avid Kahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L, and you can check out the blog at thebootserfounder.com. You can find my book, Zero to Sold, at zerotosold.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootstrapfounder.com. If you want to support me in the Bootstrap Founder podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. It'll help other founders, founders-to-be, find the podcast and learn more about starting, running, and selling their bootstrap businesses. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.